Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. service today, but uh, we are so delighted today to have our first guest speaker in, and uh, you know him well. He and his family have been part of our body now for uh, seven years, is that right? Seven years, and uh, we've just delighted that they've spent that time with us. Charles has served as our national youth pastor, and uh, some of y'all don't even know what that means. It means a lot of work is what it means. I did that myself for a while, and it's a lot of travel and a lot of giving out and giving out and giving out. And a lot of times when you do that, you just want to come and rest. But uh, Charles has been extremely involved in our Passion Sports program, and they're moving back to North Carolina. In fact, Charles has been going back and forth some. He is now the youth pastor at the First Church in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and it is the First Church. you got to get that right or you get slapped. If you never, okay, we won't slap you, but the people from the First Church will slap you if you don't say it's the First Church. So anyway, uh, he's serving there, but this is kind of the transition week for them. Their house sold, and they're moving all everybody but Austin. Austin loves us so much he decided to stay here and so we got to pray for them. We've all been given permission to give Austin like the the spankings he needs on a on a weekly basis to keep it. He's playing baseball at Southwestern but we're going to watch after him. So I want you to give a huge welcome to one of our own. They will always be our own and we're just thankful for all they've done for us. Would you give it up for Pastor Charles Boyd as he comes to bring the word this morning. Amen. Wow. It's going to be tough, I'm going to be honest with you. Y'all all know me. Most of you know me. I'm a big crybaby. It's all right. But when we talk about voices, let me just take a quick trip. And there are a good number of voices in this room that have been has spoken to my life. And in the second service, my dad's going to be here, which is really cool. He's here. He's been here last month, almost last month. Uh, helping my wife and getting things ready and seeing Austin Boyd graduate. But let me just speak about voices just real quick, and uh, I'll talk about Pastor Steve in just a second, but I better honor the big voice in the house. Our bishop, presiding bishop, is here today, and he has been a huge voice in my life. He truly has. A lot of you don't know, but Dr. Beecham was my pastor at Franklin Springs at Emmanuel College, and believe it or not, Pastor uh, Dr. Beecham, uh, uh, excuse me, Bishop Beecham, and myself used to really take on a lot of uh, college students at that time and just dunk on their heads. Y'all don't believe that. But we used to play what was called Beecham ball, two eight-foot goals back and forth, and we would just, we would just have a blast out there. And so thank you, Dr. Beecham, uh, Bishop Beecham, for all you've done, spoken in my life. Uh, Brother Chris Thompson, I like to call him my boss, really. Uh, Bishop, it's great to see you here today. Uh, again, I'm just honored that you're here. You've spoken in my life for eight years. Eight of the greatest years of my life, I'll just be honest with you. There have been seven here. Couldn't live up to that. Couldn't make it to eight. Amen? But eight years in Falcon. Uh, he's now our evangelism director. But he's been a great voice in my life. Bob Ely, Pastor Bob Ely, has been a great voice in my life. I'll never forget at the Capitol Church. Does anybody know that Brother Bob likes to golf? Does anybody know that? Oh, he loves to golf. I mean, it's a passion of his life. I mean, he loves to golf. But I'll never forget one of the first times I ever met him. I had to pick him up and take him to the church there at the Capitol. And I said, uh, Pastor, Pastor Harold didn't play golf. 
Pastor Harold's another voice in my life. But Pastor Harold said, look, if I go golfing, I'll do three sports in one day. I'll go hunting, fishing, and golfing. So he said, listen, take uh, Brother Eli to go golfing. And I said, it would be an honor to just sit with this guy because I've heard him preach before. Dynamic preacher, amen? Amen. Dynamic preacher. And I'm riding in that golf court, and he's sitting there. If I wouldn't have believed it with my own eyes and if I wouldn't have seen it from behind the pulpit, uh, sitting on the stage, I wouldn't have believed it. But he's sitting there on a napkin on about the seventh hole when he writes down about three lines. And I said, what are you doing, Brother Bob? He said, that's my sermon for tonight. It was three lines, but he spoke for an hour and 15 minutes. <laughs> I, I, I'm okay with that. There's a number of preachers I can hear preach for two hours, you know, and you're one of those. But there's great voices here in this room. But another great voice has been a good friend of mine and his wife. We did everything about together. We did it all about the same time. We had the first child together, Austin and Tal, been great friends. And I'm so excited that they're going to school together. I really am. That's a miracle in itself, you know. Never would have thought my son would be going to Southwestern Christian University to play basketball. And Tal's going to play, uh, play baseball, sorry. Tal's going to play basketball, so it's, it's exciting. But Steve Ely has, Pastor Steve has been a great voice in my life. And I am so honored to be here. I'm so honored to sit under his ministry. Matter of fact, I told the folks this week at the first church, I said, I'm going to my home church. And I thought, oh, better not quit. I've got to quit saying that. But my pastor, I'm just so excited to preach at the Passion Church. But when I speak, when I think of voices, there is a story that I think about in the Bible that's very familiar to all of us. And today, I, I hope you get these three words. I call it three Ds. There are three Ds today, and there's one other voice that I do need to recognize. I just saw Miss Miranda. She's like, oh, no. She was our uh, Wednesday night teacher at the River of Life when I first came here. Quick story. I know I'm rambling, but I'm sorry. I only got, well, I'll be done. Don't worry about it. But listen, <laughs> when I first came here at River of Life, we went to River of Life. And I, I'm just going to tell on your pastor, it's because we didn't have youth ministry here at Passion Church. Not youth ministry, but uh, Royal Rangers and, and gyms and things like that. So we ended up at uh, River of Life and love Pastor Richard Goad. Appreciate him so very much. But Miss Miranda, you've spoken to my life on a number of Wednesday nights. You're a great voice and great transition. I was very, very, um, very excited about being at the river at that time on Wednesday nights and with you in your classes. But if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me. Man, it's going to be tough. Judges 6, 11 through 17. Very familiar passage of Scripture to a lot of us. And I know it's kind of like a youth message, it seems like. But I am a youth pastor, amen? I'm still a youth pastor, amen? That's exciting. When I began to hear that voice back in uh, October and uh, Brother Billy Rose came to me and said, I want you to be my youth pastor, I said, I, I, I really honestly told him no right there on the spot. I said, I appreciate it, Brother Bill, but I think I'm just going to move on and there's going to be other opportunities and situations. And I told him no that first day and my wife went home. She said, why did you do that? Not only because it's her, her home church, that's her home church, but she said, you really need to make sure you're listening to God's voice. And I thought, wow, that's good wife preaching to me. That's really good. So I listened to his voice, and I'm still a youth pastor, and I'll probably be a youth pastor till the day I die. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Judges 6, 11 through 17. The angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak of Oprah that belonged to Joash, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press to keep it from the Midianites. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, The Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why have all these things happened to us? Anybody been there? Amen. Amen. 
Where are all the wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, Did not the Lord bring us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and given us in the hand of the Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Now, you've got to understand that. Am I not sending you? At first when I read that, I stopped before I said that. Now, the Lord's telling us to go in our own strength. No, listen to me. In and of yourself, you can do nothing. I'll say that over here. In and of yourself, you can do nothing. But with Christ, you can do all things. And we got to listen to that voice. we got to hear that voice. He says, am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied. But how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. Excuse after excuse this teenager is given. The Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Gideon replied, if now I have favor, found favor in your eyes, give me a sign that you are really talking to me. You see, I believe everybody under the sound of my voice today, I believe we're all looking for something that can change us. I believe we're all wanting to be a voice that can help change this world. I believe our world needs to be changed. Somebody say amen. amen. People today are looking for something that is going to change them. People are looking for something that is going to last. But too many people are selling out to, uh, to the world and, and the, temporary, the, the temporary, and the devil is ripping each and every, every one of us off. Too many people tell me it costs to follow Jesus. Let me tell you something. It pays to follow Jesus. If we'll just listen to his voice, if we'll just hear his voice. But what about Gideon? Let me set the story for you. You see, this, for, uh, this story falls right in line with the world looking for a voice to call out for good news. You see, Gideon was that voice. And I want to tell you today, you can be that voice today to save your world. The scene is this. The Midianites were terrorizing the Israelites. Gideon was hiding out when the angel of the Lord came to him and told him he would lead his people against the Midianites. God said that Gideon, the Lord is with you. You are a mighty warrior. Some of you guys are going through depression today. You need to hear that. Hear that. You are a mighty warrior today. There are situations in your life you need to know beyond a shadow of a doubt today. You are a mighty warrior in God. But the enemy tries to kill, steal, and to destroy, tries to beat us down. And too many of us are going through identity crisis. And one thing I've learned since I've been back in youth ministry is that today, the number one problem with teenagers today is an identity crisis. Teenagers trying to find out who they are, find their identity in Christ. You see, they want to hear from God, but there are too many distractions. And listen to me, it's not just for teenagers this morning. I'm not just preaching a teenage message this morning. I'm, I'm preaching a message to each and every one of us. We need to hear God's voice. We need to know that we can make a difference. And so a lot of times when God speaks to us, we do exactly like Gideon. Amen? We want to see a sign. Come on, let's be honest. Let's be realistic. Let's just get real in this place today. I tell you what, eight years ago when I... The Lord began to stir my spirit, and I began to speak to Bishop Thompson about making this move to Oklahoma. He had to speak to me. I'm just going to tell you the truth. After this last month, I know he had to speak to me. 
You know, you, your tornadoes have happened the last three, uh, the last four Wednesday nights. Do y'all know that? Y'all don't understand that. Y'all don't grasp that because at five till seven, I'm about to preach to about 120 teenagers, and I get this call, Daddy, we're okay. We're in the cellar. It's raining on the inside. Our ankles are ankle deep, but we're in the cellar, but we're okay. You know how difficult it is to preach? But, you know, I had to hear a voice. I had to put out a few fleeces to God to move here to Oklahoma City. I truly did. Matter of fact, I told Bishop Tao, no, three times. It's like I told, I, I reckon I tell everybody no the first time, amen. <laughs> Didn't have a choice with uh, Bishop Thompson. I was elected as the No, I'm just kidding. But we had, to, I, I needed to see a voice. I, I needed to hear his voice. I needed to see, see a sign. And that's just like Gideon we see in this story. We see we read today, God sees your potential. You have gifts and talents. But listen, we need, when we hear God's voice, we need to respond and we need to do something. But Gideon was a lot like a lot of us. He wanted to, have a, uh, he wanted to see some signs. Something happened to Gideon, the same thing that happened to me years later. He, he saw the sign. It was a sign. The first sign was this, is that he took his lunch out there. You all know the story. It's meat and his bread. And the Lord says, okay, I need to see a sign, Gideon said. Show me a sign that you're speaking to me that I can defeat the Midianites. And so, boom, the first ever microwave dinner. Amen? God put the fire down on the meat and the bread, and he consumed it. Consumed it. First microwave dinner. And he said, okay, that's good. That's great. That's awesome. But listen, God, I got to really know that you're speaking to me because, listen, there's a million Midianites out there. And it's just little old me. I've got to see another sign that you're speaking to me. And this is where we get the story of a fleece. You know, you've heard the story. Gideon says, listen to me. I'm going to put out a towel. I'm going to put out a fleece on my front porch. And what I want to have happen is this. I want the ground to be completely dry. But tomorrow morning when I wake up, I want that towel to be soaking wet. And so Gideon goes to sleep that night. I'm sure he got some good sleep because there's absolutely no way, because there's no shelter. He put out the towel. The ground was completely dry, but he picked up the towel and it was soaking wet. Man, strike two to Gideon. And so Gideon says, man, but Lord, listen, there's a million Midianites and it's just little old me. I, 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 some people say that Gideon was a teenager at this time. I don't know some other Bible scholars. I'll ask Dr. Beecham later, not now. I don't want to mess up my sermon. Amen. But I'll just say it was a teenager, amen? But he had strike two on him. And Gideon says, okay, God, I've really got to know that you are speaking to me. I've really got to make, I want to make a difference in my world. But I don't know if I can defeat a million Midianites, just little old me. He says, what I want to do, Gideon says, what I want to do, Lord, and excuse me, but I need to do this. This time I'm going to set the fleece out. And I want the ground to be soaking wet. But I want the towel to be dry. So that night, Gideon gets a good sleep. I mean, he's sleeping good. There's no way that that can happen. And he goes to sleep, and he wakes up the next morning, and sure enough, the ground is soaking wet, and the towel is dry. You see, something happened to Gideon at that moment. You see, something happened to me when I was 18, when I heard God's voice say, you're going to be a youth pastor. And at that time, the Pentecostal Holiness Church only had about five full-time youth pastors that I knew about. So the God spoke to me and says, you're going to travel this world. My dad told me to join the army, to see the world. Well, listen, I joined God's army, and I've seen the world. Amen. So I've been obedient to my heavenly father and my father. Amen. That's pretty good. 
But something happened to me. I cried out, Lord, I need you. And he showed up crystal clear. I need you to show me what I need to do in my life. So God gave me the first D in my life. And that's why there's three Ds to this message that I really pray that you'll hear. The first D is desire. Something, something happened to Gideon when he picked up the dry fleece. Something in his life happened at that moment. It was something called desire. I love that word. On the count of three, I want us all to say it. You'll, you'll love this word too. One, two, three, desire. I mean, doesn't that just sound good? Desire. Sounds exciting. Something happened to Gideon at that point, at that moment, that just turned his life upside down. You see, what happened to me when I was 18 was something called desire. But it didn't come from me. It came from God. Philippians 2.13 came alive in my life. It says, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. You see, God not only gives you the will, but he also will give you the to-do. You see, if you've got the will but don't have the to-do, then you're in trouble. If you have the to-do and not the will, you're in bad shape. You see, he frees your will to do when he gives you desire. You see, the desire has to come from God. It's nothing that you can do. The desire can't come from Wheaties. It can't come from your youth pastor. It can't come from your pastor. It can't come from your grandma or your grandpa beating it over your head. The desire has to come from God. So with all those voices in our head, we need to make sure we're hearing God's voice and it'll be clear. And when we respond, we'll get that desire in our life. You see, if you know Jesus, then everything, everybody should want what I received at the age of 18. If you don't, I believe something's wrong with you. I truly believe that. See, how many of you would like to leave this place with a thing called desire in your life? You see, don't you want to have a love relationship with the greatest love letter ever written called the Word of God? You've got to understand, this is God's owner's manual for our life, and we need to understand that. It is still relevant today. I don't care how politically correct we need to be or things that are going on in the world. This is still our owner's manual for life right here. Still relevant for our life. You've got to be available to call something called desire. You see, I think we... We, we really truly need to get to the place in our life that everything in our life is second place. But our relationship with God is first place. You know, my wife, well, she'll be here in a little bit. My wife and my family understand something, that there will always be second place in my life. That my relationship with God is the most important thing in my life because God has given me that desire. God has given me that desire, and I've received that desire. My wife and family will always be second place, but listen to me. Make sure that your wife and the kids and your family are second place. There's nothing else in front of them as well. There are a lot of voices that will try to tell you. Your jobs may try to tell you, no, no, put your family on the back burner. No, listen to me. God first, family second. God first, family second. You see, if you think it's all about your abilities after you're wrong, it's your availability that he's after. So today I want you to leave this place with something called desire in your life because it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purposes. Back to the story. That desire in Gideon's life, guess what? It helped him rally 32,000 people to defeat the Midianites now. Now it was a million versus 32,000. They're still outnumbered, but listen, with God, all things are possible. 
And so God, God, Gideon was all excited because this is a young teenager who had rallied something close to, uh, you know, uh, Lloyd Noble Center there that we were in a couple of weeks ago. Over 20-some thousand, 32,000 people he rallied to the cause to defeat the Midianites. But you see, what was about to happen was the second D was about to come into Gideon's life. Now, you see, this D doesn't sound as good as the first D. Matter of fact, it almost feels like a cuss word. Don't go there too far, amen. But it doesn't just roll off your tongue. But the second D is something called discipline. Mm. Now, I want us all to three, on, all on the count of three, to say that word, discipline. One, two, three. That's just tough saying it, isn't it? I mean, discipline. It's not desire. But discipline. I mean, you almost have to cringe your teeth when you say it. You see, when God graces you with desire, you must respond with discipline. It's a key that you get that. When God graces you with desire, you must respond with discipline. But Charles, we're Pentecostal. We swing from the chandelier. Listen, God wants you to have discipline. I heard the pastor say that a couple weeks ago, so I stole that line. We swing from the chandeliers. Listen, God wants you to have discipline in your life. How many of you want God to give you discipline in your life? Listen, he can't do it. He can't do it. He can't do it. You have to respond with the discipline because of the choice. See, I, how many of you here just want to be a robot? Amen, that's me. I just go through life. You can't be a robot either. You see, God can't give you discipline. He gives you desire. You have to have the discipline in your life. Without discipline, your desire will be frustrating. So here's where the discipline came, in, came into Gideon. He said, you've got too many, 32,000 versus a million. Where did God go to high school? Amen. A million versus 32,000, but you've got too many. He says, okay, God, you, you showed me. I, I struck out with you three times. You, you showed me some things, and I'm going to defeat the many nights. We've rallied. I've got this thing called desire. I need to respond with this discipline. What do you want me to tell these people? I've rallied 32,000 people. He simply said, tell them if they're afraid to hit the road. What do you, if we're afraid, hit the road. 32,000 versus a million. Now, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some people shaking in their shoes. So Gideon, I'm sure, shook his head and said, okay, listen to me. I've got to respond uh, to what the Lord has spoken to me. I've got the desire. We're going to defeat the Midianites. But this is going to be really tough for me to say. But if you're afraid, I'm sure he had his head down just like this. He said, if you're afraid, I want you to hit the road. I don't want you. I don't need you to fight the Midianites with me if you're afraid. And he looks up and 22,000 hit the road. They put their Nikes on and said, see you later, Gideon. I'm afraid. We're going to get whooped. I'm out of here. This is where discipline had to come into part. Why did the Lord say if you were afraid, he can't use you if you're afraid? He can't use you if you're afraid. The Scripture tells us in 1 uh, Peter 5, 8, the devil goes around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. When I was a kid, I used to wonder, how in the world did a lion catch his prey? Because he's not the fastest animal in the kingdom. He would catch gazelles who were the fastest animals in the kingdom. He would catch zebras that were faster than him. I thought, how in the world does a lion catch his prey? It wasn't until I was in about the fifth grade that our teacher told us. She said, what happens is the lion will go as close as he can to a herd, to a big pack of gazelles. He'll get as close as he can to where the gazelles do not pick up on his scent. And he'll sit there for just a little bit. 
He'll sit there until those gazelles, maybe they pick up a scent and they look around, but then he'll just sit there for a little bit. And then that lion, when he feels the moment is right, will it, just like that. Just like this lady right here, that's exactly what happens to the gazelle. The gazelle's in the trance, and guess what? The lion pounces on him. You see, God speaks to us. We respond with desire, but he tells us some tough things. He says, you're going to be a youth pastor one day. There's no way, God, I can do that. You, you sure you want me to quit Western Carolina where I was going to play baseball? And you want me to go to Bible college? Are you sure? That will make a whole lot of sense, God, but listen to me. When God speaks, he gives us that desire. We've got to respond with the discipline in our life. Even if the world makes us scared sometimes. We need to be that voice in the world to stand up against the things that we know are black and white. So man, here's Gideon. He's got the desire and, and, and he just ran off 20, he ran off 22,000 people. And God says, listen, Gideon, uh, there's a little bit more discipline. I need you to have a little bit more discipline in your life. Listen, uh, you, you've still got too many. A million versus 10,000. And I've got too many. What, what, what do you mean I've got too many? He says, you've got too many. Well, I've already told all those that are afraid they need to hit the road. What do you need me to do? He says, well, what's going to happen is you guys have been walking for a while. You're ready to fight the Midianites. And I know you're thirsty, but you're about to come up on a brook. On a stream of water. He says, I want you to notice how people drink the water. At first, I just read through this and read right through it and didn't think much about it. Why in the world would he say, you know, the things that God's saying? But listen, it hit me. He said, what's going to happen is you're going to come up, up upon a brook, and what I want you to do is I want you to notice how the people in your army, the 10,000, drink the water. He says, okay, I'm going to watch real closely. He says, well, what I want you to watch real closely for is who laps it like a dog? Who gets down on all fours and drinks the water like a dog? He said, those people you need to tell to hit the road. He said, but the ones who reach down and cuff the water, that's going to be your army. I begin to think about that thing. You know, God gives us desire. But we must respond with discipline. But in the world that we live in today, everything's about looking after old number one, ourself. Amen? I mean, this generation is me, 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 me. I'm not putting down this generation. I have three teenagers, and they're all about me. Amen? But listen to me. That's how this world is. Look out for old number one. See what, what's in it for you. What's in it for me? That's what we think about. And so when Gideon got to this brook, he began to think about why would he say that, and it finally hit him, that 9,700 of them got down on all fours like a dog and began to drink the water. 9,700 of them were concerned about who? They were concerned about themselves. If we're going to make a difference, yes, we need to take care of ourselves. That's why we got to ask for that desire. But we've got to respond with discipline in our life, and we've got to be concerned about those that are around us. 
we just get our praise on in here and don't do anything outside of these four walls, we will never make a difference. But God has called this church, God has called the body of Christ to make a difference in this world. So we, we must respond with discipline. And so 9,700 of them cut the water. You know why? Because they were just concerned about themselves. I mean, excuse me, they, they lapped the water like a dog. They were just concerned about themselves. But 300 of them leaned down and cuffed the water and drank the water. I believe it looked a lot like this. They, hey, it's okay. I've, I've got your back. I, I'm going to cuff this water. I'm going to look to the right. I'm going to look to the, straight ahead. I'm going to look to the left. I'm going to look behind me. I'm going to cuff the water. They were concerned about more than just themselves. They were helping look out after each other. They were concerned about each other. But 9,700 of them lapped the water like a dog. They didn't have discipline in their life. See, each and every one of us, God gives us desire. We must respond with discipline. And then the third point. You mean to tell me that everybody who commits to discipline will have delight in their life? Everybody who commits to discipline will have delight in their life? Let's say the word delight. One, two, three. That sounds good, doesn't it? So God gives us the desire. We have to respond with discipline. Then he'll give us delight. Psalms 1, 1 and 2 says this, Blessed is the one who does not walk in the step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord. Read on to the uh, latter part of that. It says, who meditates on his law day and night. How many of you want the word of God to be your delight? I mean, there are times when I just want to eat this Bible. Jesus said, my food is to do the will of the Father. One of the prophets said, thy words were found, O Lord, and I did eat them, and they were to me the joy of my life. You see, when Gideon, God gave Gideon desire, he responded with discipline. It was time for him to hear a little bit with a voice about delight. And let me share with you what happened. So now we've got our army. We've got Gideon and his 300 versus a million. A million versus 300. Gideon need to hear another voice. Gideon need to hear someone say, you're going to be victorious, I believe, beyond a shadow of a doubt. So God spoke to him again. He told him in Judges 7, 9 through 15. He says, I want you to go down into the enemy's camp. And we see in Judges 7, 9 through 15, that during that night, the Lord said to Gideon, get up. Go down against the camp because I'm going to give it into your hands. If you are afraid to attack, go down to the camp with your servant Pura and listen to what they are saying. He was going to let them hear with other voices than just him. Listen to what they are saying, and afterwards you will be encouraged to attack the camp. So he and Pura, his servant, went down to the outpost of the camp. Remember that song, Went to the Enemy? That's where we get that song from. Miss Julie knew that already. I knew that. But he said, go down into the outpost of the camp. The Midianites and the Amalekites were all there. All the other eastern people had settled in the valley as thick as locusts. 
Now, a lot of people wonder where I got a million from. There were at least a million of them. This is where I get it from. It says, their camels could no longer be counted than the sands of the seashore. So there were at least a million people there, all right? Don't argue with me, okay? <laughs> Plus, it makes the story even greater. 300 versus a million, all right? Gideon arrived just as a man was telling a friend his dream. I have a dream, he said. A round loaf of barley bread came down tumbling into the Midianite camp. And it struck the tent with such force that the tent overturned and collapsed. His friend responded, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, the Israelite. God has given the Midianites and the whole camp into his hands. Mm, 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 mm. Gideon received the desire. Gideon received the desire. He responded with discipline. And now he is hearing the delight. When Gideon heard the dream and its interpretation, he bowed down and worshiped. He returned to the camp of the Israel and called out, Get up! The Lord has now given the Midianite camp into our hands. And this is where I believe the first ever moonwalk came into existence. Do you think Gideon just put his ear up against that tent with his servant? And he heard that and he says, Just creep back. And I, be, I guarantee it's moonwalk right on back. And he said, oh, hallelujah, he got the delight. So Gideon has his army. But you say, Pastor Charles, we're outnumbered today. Listen, with God, all things are possible. When he gives you the desire, you respond with discipline. He'll give you delight in the situation that you're dealing with if you'll just be still. And know that he is God. So 300. All right. We've, we, we've surrounded the camp. Gideon, what do you want us to do? He said, all right, here you go. Let's get a trumpet. Where's the bazookas? Where's the hand grenades? Where's the tanks? No, no, no. Here you go. Here's a trumpet. Here's a torch. We're going to cover that torch up with a pitcher. He said, what we're going to do is we're going to surround the camp. And on my count, when we blow the trumpet, we're going to have the first ever shock and awe. And sure enough, boom, they just begin to walk into the camp. Because listen to me, when God gives you and you respond with desire, you respond with the discipline, he'll give you delight. You'll defeat the enemies in your life. You'll defeat the temptations in your life. You'll know that you are more than a conqueror because with Christ, you can do all things. You won't even have to pick up a weapon. You'll just have to walk in faith. So, boom! Shock and awe. They begin to walk into that enemy's camp. They didn't even have to pick up a weapon. Guess what began to happen? They began to kill each other off. They were so shocked. They knew that Gideon was coming. They began to kill each other off. And Gideon defeated the Midianites because he received God's desire. He responded with discipline. And God gave him delight. I don't know what your situation is today, but I pray that these three Ds will jump out at you. Just like at a three, you don't even have to wear funny glasses. 
But I hope these three D's jump out at you. I want to show a story that I believe really depicts this with a young man. Let's keep it going. Jason is the basketball team manager. For the past couple years, he's been assisting Coach Jim Johnson, helping with whatever the team needs. Get him motivated and uh, hand out water and just be enthusiastic. Enthusiastic, to say the least. Despite being born with autism, Jason's father says his son has never had a problem expressing himself at basketball games. You know, I was always concerned that he might get a technical and they lose a game because he, you know, start yelling or whatever. Let's have a hard practice tomorrow, all hour and a half, and let's get ready for Arcadia. Yeah, okay. Let's go. One, two, three, two. Because he has been so devoted to the team. For the last game of the season, Coach Johnson decided to let Jason actually suit up. Not to play necessarily, just to let him feel what it's like to wear a jersey. At least that was the plan. But with four minutes to go in last week's game, Coach Johnson stood up and pointed to number 52, Jason McElwain. After years of fetching water and toweling off other people's sweat, Jason was actually in a game. His first shot was a 20-footer from the right baseline. Was it close? Did you almost make I just, it? I just airballed it. <laughs> I'm like, just, dear God, please, let's just get him a basket. His second shot missed too, but the third was a charm. A three-point no-doubter. And Jason wasn't done yet. Not by a long shot. If I wasn't there to witness it, I wouldn't have believed it, you know. You caught fire. I just caught fire. I was hot as a pistol. Jason ended up shooting six three-pointers. One right after the other. He had 20 points total. And each time a shot went in, his teammates and the crowd went a little crazier. His last basket, right at the buzzer, created total mayhem. Because he is autistic, Jason says he's used to feeling different, but never this different, never this wonderful. Steve Hartman, CBS News, Rochester, New York. My first question was, that coach is an idiot. He scored 20 points in three minutes, Dr. Beecham. But now listen to me. I've seen that clip about 100 times, and it gets to me every time. But this time it got to me in a different way than ever before, and it's for this moment. God wants you to be different. God has called us to be aliens to this world, and the world we're living in is foreign to us. The things that are going on in this world are foreign to us. We've got to do more than just sit on these pews. We've got to get up and we've got to go out and make a difference. God wants to give you desire. But where we all lack is discipline in our life. So if I could give one last challenge to my home church is that your pastor has a passion this community but your pastor can't do it by himself this man brings the word of God week in and week out like never before he's one of the greatest preachers I've ever said under it. I know where he gets it from his daddy but that's where we miss it is we are not disciplined enough to do it 
You see, the world is that crowd. Did you see the reaction of the audience? The world would be like that if you just have desire, discipline. They long for you to make a difference. They want to root you on. There are people looking at your life today and say, well, if they'll just stand up and make a difference, I'll do it too. I know people shouldn't do that, but they do. I got a friend just like that. He looks at everybody else and says, if this person will get on fire, then I'll get on fire for him. And then when that person gets on fire, he picks somebody else. But listen to me. The world is really waiting to react like that. If we'll be like that young man. He was special, and Pastor, you said that earlier, and I have to be careful with that in my house because my wife's a special ed teacher. There are people, you know, I used to make the jokes about the short buses and things like that, but I don't anymore. But this young man was special, but listen to me. Each and every one of you, under the sound of my voice, are special to God. He wants to use you like that. And guess what? The world will react if they see a true church. Standing like that. So today, my parting shot to you is to have desire, discipline, and delight in your life. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would drive this truth home. And that you would enable us to do more than just be hearer of the word, but we would be a doer of the word. God, I pray that you would birth new desire. There are folks under the sound of our voice today that have lost the desire. Life has beat it out of them. I pray this morning that you would birth new desire in us. I pray that you'd speak to us clearly this morning as your voice can do. That you would speak to us and tell us that we can make a difference. God, I pray you'd renew call, renew vision, renew that desire. God, I pray that we would respond with great discipline. Discipline in study, discipline in devotion, discipline in all the things that cause us to beat our body into subjection so that we would be able to accomplish your will. And God, I pray that those that have been serving for so long and so faithfully, that have been disciplining their lives to be great servants for you. I pray in the name of Jesus this morning, you would allow them to see and taste the delight and they would hear that victory is theirs. God, we pray a special blessing over Pastor Charles and his family. God, I pray that your anointing would be stronger in their lives than it's ever been. God, I pray that right there at Goldsboro, that you would birth a youth ministry uh, and launch them in that youth ministry in such a way that it would impact not only Goldsboro, that we would begin to hear reports that it's impacting an entire region, a state, a nation. God, you've granted him a voice into the lives of young people. I pray that you would position him to speak to great young men and women that will change their world. And Father, we'll give you glory for it and honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.